Welcome to Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. And some places, good night. (laughs) No, I was up half the night. Oh, it is October 26th, (laughs) almost (laughs) Halloween. But today is also a special day in the military world. Go it for it. Let's hear The National Day of Deployment, where we honor not only the soldiers that deploy, but we honor their families as well, because they make as much sacrifices as the soldiers themselves do. Love it. So you said this is the day that, commemorate going on deployment or help me help me make make sense okay it is national deployment day which means we honor the soldiers who have deployed but we also honor the families there's a lot of you know we have veterans days memorial days we have you know service days but we don't have a lot of days that we actually talk and honor the families of the soldiers and really look at what they go through. Got it. Well, happy deployment day. I've had some friends that have been on deployment and also, you know, they've returned and I'm grateful. But today is Thursday. Happy new day, Jug. Hope everyone is having a good week. Today is Friday, Junior, so don't fret. You have already made it, okay? You're going to make it, I promise. We all survived the full moon, the eclipses. People have been peopling this full moon, but I'm grateful. I'm really grateful and honored. Um, I'm just, just honored to be in this space. So I want to share a little bit about uh, yesterday. Um, So for those who are in Atlanta, we have um, partnered up with some pretty awesome people and um, we have been doing a lot of community healing. Now, one would say, gee, what you talking about? And I'm telling you that community healing is something that has been lost over time. 
And people used to do this with within their tribe. Now, what's amazing is um, people don't really stand the process of healing. People don't understand that there are stages of it, just like there are stages of grief, there are stages of celebration, there are stages of life, there are stages in healing. And depending on the parts that you're healing, a community is needed to help, not prolong, but to help endure the healing. So uh, there, I've had two major events at my yoga studio here in Atlanta. That's 1066 Ralph David Abernathy. And one was on Saturday, which was a puff and flow. I know they do sip and paint, puff and paint, but this was a puff and flow. This was um, geared towards people who uh, do take hemp, marijuana, CBD, all the things, herbal uh, wraps like that. And I wanted to house this space because I know a lot of people who do partake in marijuana. I also equally know the same amount of people who partake in Delta A CBD and, like I said, herbal uh, cigarettes, meaning they may uh, smoke thyme, basil, lavender, sage. This is what they do. And um, I wanted to house this safe space for them to come together, not really talk about their problems, but let's, if we talk about them, let's just voice our problems. Let's communicate together in community and have solutions for one another. How big was that, right? I had 13 individuals pull up. Out of that 13, two of them does not smoke, does not drink. They just came for the vibe. Five of them smoked marijuana. The rest were CBD. And I had one brought her own, like, herbs that she partakes in. And so it becomes a thing that now it's the healing tool. I've also learned that in indulging in marijuana or whatever vice you indulge in, you can overindulge, and then you become codependent on the substance. That's not what this show's about today. Completely about healing and using healing tools and some of the ways that community can help you. So like I said, 13 individuals showed up on Saturday. And I allowed about 30 minutes for people to come in because people will get there when they get there, whenever the right time will be when they get there. So we were able to just talk amongst ourselves. Um, I allowed them to talk amongst themselves because I was holding the yoga practice. And um, it was a beautiful, a beautiful turnout. And it was more so about 
the human experience. You're breaking up a little bit. I have no idea why. Um, I'll be a little closer. I'm actually sitting outside in the patio so I can have all the things. But um, a lot of healing took part in that space because people came with an open mind. Also, I came with a few uh, affirmations and a few questions that help you, you know, think and really process your, um, just process your you and what you're growing through at this moment. So like I said, the first part of it was about 30 minutes and um, it was a mixed crowd. It was about five men and eight women. And so this was just a thing that I was like, you know, I've got to do this. I want to do it. It's going to be great. And it really was, y'all. Like, everyone who was there, like, I'm so peace. You get cried. Because it's also community, like, grief or community healing. It engages spaces for you to go within, listen to someone else who may have be, been fighting a similar battle, and then... And then we have things like solutions, problem solving, problem fixing. Here's a resource. Here's a different avenue. Here's something that you can, this helped me, maybe it'll help you. And then it was a networking event on top of that. Oh, you're good at this? Well, I can use help with this. And if you help me with this, then I can help you with that. And then they can help you with this because that's their area of expertise. And then he can, and then she can. And it was just amazing. And, of course, yoga was everything, practice led by yours truly. And we were able to stretch our bodies as well as our minds just in areas that we thought that we couldn't. And I am just so grateful for the people who shared and the people that came out. It was such a beautiful turnout. And I go, wow, I need to do this more. Because you want to be the type of change in your community that people notice and say, wow, they are doing it. I could possibly do something to that multitude as well. I can do something to help. I can make a difference. I am the difference that is being made today. So which got me to thinking about two weeks ago, I put up a post and put out there that I was going to commemorate my brother. And yesterday was his birthday. Happy birthday to Jay Wesley Watkins. He's no longer on this earth, but he's in another plane. And I wanted to hold this space for men, not only just for older men, but all men. I mean, the youngest was 10, the oldest was about 58. And these men came together simply because I did an all-call for men, and I wanted them to just come and have their safe space. Our men go out into the world daily, and 
speaking from the black and brown community, they wear a lot of different hats and they have a lot of different targets on their back. This is not, you know, to deter it from all men. I just want to be specific in that moment. But our men carry us throughout the day. And when I say our men, honey, if you're a single lady out here, your daddy carries you. And if you don't have a daddy, your brothers, your uncles, your cousins, your besties, whomever the male is in your life, they carry you. Sometimes we depend on them. But now in today's society, the woman has gotten beside herself and said, "Uh, honey, I don't need a man. I don't need a man. And although these things may very well be true, the woman who says this is a single woman. She may be a successful woman, but she's still stuck in her way. She doesn't um, have any mindset of growing outside of her box of who she developed herself because can't nobody tell her nothing. This woman also grows and bees the bitter bitch. And I don't care to operate in that form. So when I say women, become your safe space for your man. Become more involved into their world. Learn to speak their language, whether it be physical language, love language, um, learning language, formation language. Learn the language. Give our men somewhere where they can come and just take a deep breath and be themselves. Give them some sense. Uh, They can be as masculine as they want to be, but they can also let down the guard and be vulnerable and tap into their feminine side because you have them, which I want to talk about yesterday's event. Yesterday's event, Like I said, it was for my brother. I wanted to do something in his memory that was important to me. And it was important to him, but it was just the way I lost him. So my brother and I are 11 years apart. He has always been just my protector, my caregiver, like uh, all the things. Whatever he was doing, I wanted to do it, too. So when he was outside fixing cars, I wanted to fix cars, too. Oh, and my goodness, when he was racing cars, I want to race cars, too. Honey, I used to steal my brother's uh, 94 SS Impala, and I used to race it for money. And by the time he woke up to go to his job, honey, I'll have that car back where he parked it. So I was coming to a place where I I was missing him and I was missing the things he taught me, the things we did together. Like he was a, they called my brother show dog because baby, everywhere he went, he put on a show. Okay. So he took me to my first concert and it was a, Little Wayne, T.I., and Rick Ross concert. And when we first got there, we were way high up in, like, the nosebleeds. And he was like, how you like these seats? I was like, it's cool, honey. I was just happy to be there. I was like, this is cool, you know, like, I just wanted to be here. 
And he was like, oh, okay. Because, you know, it's, it's just a thing to get to the concert early. You know, you can look around, walk around, patronize vendors, like eat food, just build up the excitement for the show, right? So we're up in like the nosebleeds, but I was still so grateful. And then as the announcer comes on and the opening act begin to come out, you know, he's like, oh, you know what? I these seats ain't good enough. Let's let us go. Let's let's go move over here. So we moved up closer, and we got you know really close at this point. And and you know the second opening act came out, and he was like, dang, you know, we ain't gonna be able to see Jeezy that good from here. You know, let's, we ain't gonna be able to see Ti right here. You know, let's get a little closer. So we moved again, and this time we were on the floor in front of the stage. So we started in nosebleeds, and we went, went midway, and then now I'm on the floor. I can touch the stage. Talk about excitement, knowing that I'm about to see Rick Ross, T.I., and Lil Wayne. I mean, and this was in Macon, Georgia. So prior to us getting there, my brother did the most. He uh, rented me a stretch Hummer when I pulled up at the Coliseum. They laid out a red carpet for me. Child, I wasn't nobody but Wesley Watkins' little sister, okay? But, baby, I felt like a million, gazillion, fulfilling bucks that day. And earlier that day, we went and got, uh, he went and bought me a grill. For those of you who don't know his grill, I had gold teeth in the bottom. I had six of them. Uh, actually, I lied. I had 12 all day. I, I wore my bottom grill because my brother used to wear his bottom grill. But if you're a down south Georgia girl, you know we like our grill. So I had uh, six and six, six at the top, six at the bottom. So anyway, I have my grill on, honey. I had my little airbrush jean jacket on and my jeans, my Air Force Ones. Doug, when I tell you, you could tell me nothing. I mean that on everything. You can tell me a doggone thing. So to go from the nosebleed to midsection of the auditorium, and I'm at the Coliseum. That's where the concert was many moons ago. And then to move up to the front where I am next to the stage, I can touch the stage. Baby, you can tell me nothing. But as the show progressed, when I tell you my brother did the ultimate I love you, brother thing, after Rick Ross performed, it was great. After T.I. performed, it was wonderful. As Lil Wayne is midway through his set, he said, these seats aren't good enough because there's nothing good enough for my baby sister because you deserve the world. Oh, honey, I'm in tears at this point, okay? And it was my birthday. My brother had gotten us backstage passes as well. So the remainder of the concert, I watched from backstage. So I see Rick Ross, I see T.I., I see other celebrities, and they're just walking. They're in the element. They're being normal. My brother knew exactly what he was doing. He was creating a mindset for me. He was healing childhood traumas from me. He was healing his trauma because we talk about being in certain rooms with people but then if we were given an opportunity, honey, what would we do? 
And he also wanted me to have the mindset that I was no different from the people that was backstage helping the show run, uh, the people who were in the show, doing the show. I was just as much as a celebrity as they were because guess what? It was my birthright. I just had to tap into it. I just had to be around it. Talk about mindset shifting. Honey, it turned my whole perspective upside down and inside out. So from there, I I remembered, you know what? There's a good life out here, and you deserve it. Now, definitely, just because there's a good life and you deserve it, honey, that key component is how are you going to do it? How are you going to get there? What is that going to look like? It looks like healing. It looks like accepting. It looks like um, changing, growing, understanding, understanding, and overstanding. It comes a point in time in life where you take responsibility for where you are right here, right now in your life, and you determine where it goes. Nobody else can determine that. And I don't care your situation. You're going to be broke, busted, and disgusted right now with uh, a negative $7 in your bank account. But if you write down the plan and execute the plan, create that blueprint, oh, you're on. And that's what most people who have reached the level of success that people desire or people look at and say that they want that, they're not willing to put in the work. Last night, 11 men showed up to put in the work. They came with open minds, receiving hearts, journals, um, yoga mats, and was ready. I want to give a special shout-out to Lulu Knows Best and Ben of Shameless Eatery. Lulu of uh, Lulu Knows Best, she is a priestess, and she's a Reiki master. So she was sure to be a part of this event and help our men heal energetically. Zen of Shameless Eatery was there to ensure that our men heal from the inside out. She prepared beautiful Beautiful food for us. A plant-based experience like no other. And then I was there to help them feel just safe and loved. When the event first started, everyone got stretched by me. Stretched everyone out. Gave them juice, kombucha, had, I mean, Snacks on snacks on snacks just laid out that they could eat in abundance. And, yes, my plant-based snacks. <laughs> and then uh, we gave them time to just talk amongst themselves. And then once we got started, we started with mindful practices, breath work. Because our men, you know, sometimes they have to be macho. They don't always want to be that. Honey, they have to be that for you. 
But just as much as we woosah and take deep breaths, our men need to be in a comfortable position where they can take a deep breath. So we started out with deep breathing exercises. Then we spoke mantras over our lives and over each other. And then the yoga practice. The yoga was not because I taught it, because the men engaged. And then I just want to give a special thank you to, uh, I think he's a Reverend Dr. Zedrick Carter. We all know him as Coach Carter, but he has credentials behind his name, and I just want to acknowledge them. This man came and he spoke life to these men. He evoked emotion. He enabled them to be disabled, to be enabled again. (laughs) He enabled them to feel, to express themselves. Their deepest, darkest trauma that they're dealing with, he made them speak it. To release it. Now, during this time, the women that were there, there was only three. And I've already named them myself. Um, high priestesses, uh, Lulu, and our plant-based chef, Zen, of Shameless Eatery. We left the room. Oh, and my niece always shows up. She shows up to say, T, how can I serve? How can I help? I love her. That's my baby. That's my little flower child, honey. She always going to come lend a helping hand. She's going to be there for five seconds, and then she got to go. So she comes to sprinkle her magic, and she's out. We left the men in the room with the other men, for them to just completely come into their space and honor their space and their privacy to talk about whatever issues they had of the heart, of the mind, of the body, of the spirit. And Coach Carter has these um, seven principles of healing, you hear physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. Um, I think I, I don't know if I missed one. Physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, emotionally. And then he named two more, economically and socially. Boom, I got all seven. Boom, I was listening. The levels of healing in these seven pillars. And after he broke each individual pillar down, It made so much sense because at this point I wanted to peek in and see, honey, what was growing on because he was giving knowledge to these young men. And like I say, he spoke life. He spoke peace, prosperity, purpose, progression, promises, and power. He did not even say there is a God that sits up high and looks down low. He said, man, you better start with the mirror. The mirror work is your best honest work because there's where you see God most prominently. He said, begin to just speak in that mirror as if you are talking to this almighty God that you have created, but all along it was the God that was in you. And after about an hour or so of them just talking and sharing, we ended with a sound bowl. And then we ended with mantras. We all held hands. I began to speak life over each and every individual one by one. 
And then we close our eyes and we thank the time and the place and the space. And, baby, we clocked out and we went home. It was a two-hour event and it was beautiful. It was so necessary, so needed. Women have healing circles all the time, but we need to create this for our men, women. We need that. They need that. Because one thing I will preach into the last breath is that people need people. I don't care if you white, purple, or green. People need people. We cannot thrive without each other. We cannot grow without a team. Name one sport that does not have a team. And if y'all tell me golf, or tennis, or something to that nature, you're a lie. Because each one of them has a coach. And that coach and that player makes a team. (laughs) So if you didn't know, now you know today. Because we made sure it was was out there. And I just want to know ways, if there's any callers on ways that you Lift your partner, your brother, your cousin, your uncle, your friend. What are some of the ways that you lift them? Because I'll I'll start with a few. Women, allow your man to be one that is right, wrong, and You're starting to break up again. I don't know what's going on. Not the best of your ability, but the best of their ability. When they come home instead of playing 21 questions, give them a hug. Sit them down. Take their shoes off. Maybe rub their feet. Then ask them, how was your day? And I know some people are like, girl, gee, I'm a working woman, honey. I'm moving and shaking. I'm moving around. Wonderful. Take some time out for yourself and your partner. Take some time to check on your brother and make sure that they're good mentally. Time is all we have, and it is it is the cash of life, okay, your time. Don't allow people to use it up and abuse it. Don't allow people to just spend it doing any old thing. Time is everything. And we have got to put the time in and create the resources so we as a people can continue to thrive. I don't know the whole story about what's going on uh, across the seas in the middle of the sea, but I know that our brothers and sisters are being bombed. That's cr- that is crazy. Over something... That it's just, you just out here just slaughtering people. No remorse. Where, where is your poof? Where is it? So I just give thanks for this portion in my life. I give thanks that people are learning that we have everything we need. And it doesn't take a whole lot to just begin the healing process. 
It doesn't take a lot. And creating one small habit a day will increase one bigger hair, one big, a bigger house, a bigger development than tomorrow. I got caught up of my own words because I'm just so excited. You know, there's been a big debate about this. And, you know, that we are downgrading our men. Oh, we lost our jet. Ariana, either sit up or push the camera down a little bit. Okay, I'm back. I had to reboot my whole phone. It just completely shut off and down. But I know we were having some difficulties, so this should be nice and clear now. But women, um, if you're on the line, give me some ways and some resources. Like I was saying, Mary has a lot of resources for our armed forces, but for our civilians, if you have anything. And I'll just start. um, There's a couple yoga studios that are just wonderful 
for people. Joe Johnson has a hot yoga studio. It is a man-owned, black-owned yoga studio here in Midtown in Atlanta. And there are so many men that come there. And this is their space. Also, I have um, two uh, friends who teach. Is it Capoeira? I don't want to screw it up. A Capoeira or something. You know what I'm saying. It's like fight dance. But they have mm-hmm. these men circles every single day. Not just once a week, not once a month. They have them every single day. And this is a place where men can come, do yoga, scream. They do tapping. They do uh, capoeira. And they really are there. And they do drumming. They're there for the men to heal. And it's amazing how people will say, the resources aren't there, the resources aren't there, but they really are. You may have to dig a little deeper to find them, but they are there. They are truly, truly there. And it becomes a point in time where you just put the resources out there, and you may get one man, you may get 20 men, but it just solely depends on you. It depends on you, and if there any way, if there's any way that you can express those things, this is the time to do so now. So, even just having a guide, like that is important. I had a friend that tells me every day he gets off work and goes to a cigar bar, right, and hang out with his friends, but they don't talk about nothing. I said, so what are y'all doing? We just hanging out watching the game. I said, That's cool too, but y'all don't ever have no serious conversations. He's like, No, nobody wanna do all that serious stuff. <laughs> it's like a quiet space for them. Okay. Cause I just, just be ready to talk, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is, especially with men, is they get home, like you said, you're just ready to talk. So for them, it's like their quiet space. They're just to be. Because, you know, they get home and the kids come running and flying, daddy, daddy, daddy. And you get the wife going back and forth, either good or bad. Mm-hmm. That's it. And then women, when they talk, honey, just listen sometimes. Their opinion ain't always, it don't always matter. <laughs> They just want to get that out and go on to bed. It's true. Sometimes we just need to talk. Mm-hmm. To someone over the age of 18. <laughs> For the men who date younger, right? I'm talking about, you know, just kids in general, too. You know, sometimes we yes, just need to I have did, I'm an adult up. conversation to vent about something that our, somebody did that irritated us that we can't talk and should not talk about with our kids. For sure. But it should be a two-way street. Definitely. But we are on this trend of 
not accepting men for who they are. And we have we have this mindset thanks to social media and people don't really understand realize how powerful our media is. From, you know, t- news, TV shows to social media and how we're mm-hmm. demasculating our men. And if anyone speaks up against that, they get just run through the ringer. But two, you know, so many women now have this mindset that they need that sugar daddy, that they should be able to just stay at home, do nothing, and have this lifestyle that they think they should have thanks to people like the Kardashians. Yeah, that's true. And where this sugar daddy and sugar baby has came from. It started out becoming popular because of Nicole um, and Nicole Smith. Gotcha. But it became a big thing with the housewife shows and reality TV. Yeah. Thinking that, you know, our whole, that that's the lifestyle we need. And we should have, we're in, we believe we're entitled to it. I wonder why, why do people feel entitled to the things? Programming, social media for starters, wanting that. We all, you know, everybody wants that lifestyle, theoretically speaking. You know, you want to, you know, live the life that you don't have. Grass is always greener on the other side. The rags to riches stories, you know, the Disney princess movies, which, okay, absolutely nothing wrong with 100-year-old Disney princess movies and themes. The damsel in distress being saved by the man. Uh-huh. The Prince Charming. We are going so far into this feminine movement that we've into this mindset that we don't need somebody to help us. And it's not that we don't need them, because we do, but We yeah. should choose to want to have them in our lives and be equal partners. And it's, as long as you want to heal, hmm? I say as long as we want to heal, we can invoke healing. You got to want to be healed in order to help others heal. It is. And, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine last night, and he kept saying, you know, well, I want this family. I want this this life. But I keep attracting the wrong people, and I Mm. don't think it's in my cards. 
And I go, well, you know, what you think on the inside is what you portray on the outside. And he goes, well, what do you mean? I go, well, you know, look at some of the women that, you know, they have what we call the bitch face. Sometimes I get it. Mm -hmm. Because I get irritated. So instead of me venting it out, I just internalize it. And your face is a lie detector. It it portrays everything that's in your mind. You know, if you're happy, your face is going to show it. And so when you think these thoughts and you manifest what you're thinking about, like, you know, you're that desperate for somebody and you don't have this ideal person in mind, you're going to attract just about anything. But when you have, have that confidence and this is the kind of person I want, those are the people that kind of navigate towards you because like-minded people tend to navigate together. Oh. You better kind of you like, better preach. <laughs> it's like a vision board internally. So you think people should do vision boards? You like the the idea of those? I do as long as you actually have them within a not just you know, I want to live in this house. I want this. I want this. Have it more specific, you know. Make the list to go with the vision board. This is the guy that I'm looking for in my life. These are the friends I want. You know, put those details together in it. And look at it. You know, most people put a vision board up and they'll put it, like, on their closet door or something where they're not going to see it. You want something like that front and center of where you're going to see it all the time because as you're looking at this, you're putting these lists together. And they don't have to be physical lists. They can be eternal lists. But when you do that, you're manifesting what you want. You're basically creating your own self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. Hey, so I'm saying, honey, I'm with you when you're right. Huh? I said it makes a whole lot of sense, and I'm with you when you're right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, mm-hmm. Well, you know, your mind is, and your brain is one of the laziest, ironic as it is, because it controls everything. But it's one of the laziest organs in your body. So it combines your imagination with real life, so it's hard to to tell if your memories are real or elaborated or what, but it conserves energy. So when you want to program your mind, you want to be as specific. And you want it to be as precise as possible. Because as you sit there and you program everything, your brain needs that step-by-step guide. 
Ariana, here you go. Love her. Hey, me. But, you know, and that's the thing that people don't understand is when they do these things, they don't get specific. And this is where you end up in trouble because you're kind of just functioning and just going through life. You know, you want to break it down to, you know, but at the same time, be realistic. You know, you meet this guy that has these checkpoints, these missing needs. This is where you need to decide, are these points he's missing crucial uh-huh. for your happiness? Or is it something you can live with? I did. No. No, same with work or, you know, your kids. You know, your kids don't turn out to be the perfect Birdie Bunch kids or the perfect Cosby kids. <laughs> Honey, the TV kids, they, they don't make them no more. The kids got the internet. <laughs> hey, I, yeah, that's it. So, you know, I grew up with my stepdad always telling us, why can't we be, we be more like the Cosby kids? Oh. We'd get a smack in the back of the head because the first comment that always came out of our mouths was, A, y'all ain't doctors. And two, we're white. <laughs> first of all, y'all had Full House, okay? We did. I and, loved Full um, House. Man, what Full House was that? That was the show. I didn't, we didn't, I didn't want to be like the Cosby. I wanted to be like the Winslow's. Yes. Uh, family Matters. <laughs> I love that show. That was more mm-hmm. of a realistic family. The brother, the they sister, sure was. Fight. Yep. You know, you the annoying neighbor kid that always came over. Yep. Mom and dad didn't always get along, but they worked it out. You know, that was they a did. realistic sitcom. They didn't always have the money. You know what I'm saying? Eddie yeah. got jumped because he, he was being bullied in a game. You know, it was it was all all the things. And we need more shows like that that show, you know, both sides and how to work out problems. How it's okay you don't agree. I like it better when we don't agree. Because we get to see the other person's perspective and now we get to learn a new way or a new thought process or a different way to solve a problem. Doesn't mean they're always right, but... And it's like, you know, Andy came home from work yesterday and he goes, can I ask you a dumb question? And I'm like digging through my desk, reorganizing, looking for particular paperwork that I need to get in. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, seriously? Sure, ask it to me, but I ain't guarantee I'm going to be nice in a response. Because <laughs> I was already irritated. Okay, I have the, I'm German-Irish military farm kid. My sarcasm is not a defense mechanism for myself. My the sarcasm is a defense mechanism to be nice to you. Because I'm irritated. And sometimes when people ask me the dumbest questions, and he do it on purpose. <laughs> Just And I've done it to him all the time. It's great. Just to screw with him to see if he's actually listening to what I'm saying. Because, like, one day he does construction. Okay. I grew up on a farm. I know how to fix things. I just choose not to always do it. 
That's what the man's for, supposed to be, especially when they do it for a living. And he asked me to grab him a screwdriver, a Phillips Mm. screwdriver. And I just sat there and I looked at him like, oh, what is a screwdriver? And I know damn well he wasn't paying attention to anything I was saying and who he was even talking (laughs) to. He literally goes into, started going into details describing what a Phillips screwdriver looked like, including the color of the handle. Okay, y'all, I'm partially colorblind, so when you start talking about colors, unless it's like a bright color or a bold color, I couldn't tell you. (laughs) I'm standing there just laughing my ass off, and he looks at me and goes, oh, just go away. (laughs) (laughs) But it's good that you... Even even in disagreement, y'all still have that sense of safetyness with each other. <laughs> yeah. They don't even make relationships like that, honey. Everybody on this poly stuff now. Everybody feels the need. And, and when, you know, I know certain cultures do it, but, child, honey, you bring it over to America, honey, they're going to abuse it. Oh, yeah, I've been there. No, ma'am. I am woman enough to deserve my one man. <laughs> and we're okay with that. I don't need a lot of this tomfoolery and brouhaha growing and going on and all the things, but uh, I'm grateful. That and this whole thing about open relationships. Yeah, for sure. How do you have time for that? How do you keep it all straight? Dating was hell. Part of the reason why I'm still married. Because every time we get into big fights and I, I'm like, I'm done. I just want to, I'm done. I can't deal with you anymore. Then I start thinking about the life of dating again. And I'm sorry, Georgette. <laughs> <laughs> It was fun, girl. I I don't know how you do it. Uh, It's not fun, honey. These people is crazy and and damaged. (laughs) And I'm saying this, I'm saying this for a person who has. I I go to therapy, Mary. You know, I'm in therapy thrice a week. I have entrepreneur therapy. I have a personal therapist, and I have a therapy that helps my therapy. Yeah, and then you have me on the backside. Absolutely. That's why I said my therapy that helps my therapy. <laughs> That's you. <laughs> and the two Yeah, that tie is all the loose ends of my therapy. Shit. Got to have it. The sad part is, is a lot of these men that are damaged is because of the females. They chose to they get so desperate that instead of just waiting for the right one, they settle. Because we, we're in this, we're, so many ways we're so ahead in the way our thinking is, but at the same time, we're so back to regress to the point that if you're not married by 30, you're an old maid that's going to live alone forever. So we get desperate and just right, cling right. to whatever comes near us. Then tell it, child. But that ain't true. I'm just getting ready for my people. You'll know when the right one comes. 
You would know, yeah. And you're going to find a lot of bad ones in the process because women are, and I hate to say this, but we are evil. We're vindictive. We're cruel people. Mm-hmm. I really think we're worse than men. <laughs> I would agree. I'm going to agree with you on that. Because <laughs> some of these women out there. They will stab their own mothers in the back for something. There's like no sense of loyalty. The guys have the bro codes that most of them obtain to. I think I didn't hear just from the conversation today, girl. <laughs> Where will you be in Atlanta? I don't know. Um, as soon as we figure out medical problems with my son. Okay. Listen, I want everybody to send some good juju and your prayers to my nephew. He's had some things going on with his um, his tummy. and His digestive tract. Yeah. And uh, we want mom to get some relief because you deserve it. And we want Nessie to get some relief. Oh, you know, he finally, he went, he pooped yesterday, last night. And he felt so good. He was just literally a nutball. Problem was, is he was a nutball at 2 in the morning. He figured oh, out. Oh, that's why you didn't sleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the thing is, the kid's smart. So he figured out really quick that mom's, I shut my, I have my TV in a timer, so it'll automatically shut off when I go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And so if it's turned off, I can hear because sonar mom is what they call me because, you know, I have that sense of, I know when my kids are doing something stupid, I can hear it. It wakes me up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he knows that he'll wake me up to turn the, make sure my TV's on so he can go do something stupid in the house. And by that, it's just, you know, jumping around, causing chaos. And I won't hear it as much than if my TV's off. Because then I'll get up and yell at him to go to bed. And so he figured out he can jump from my dresser to my bed, and I'm in the middle. I woke up to that landing on me, and he goes, the alien made me do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, my God. I've got two kids. One tell, says, blames it on the devil. The other one blames it on aliens. And it's funnier for me just because, okay, so I live in Bedford, Minnesota. If you Google that and aliens. So apparently back in the 70s, there were strange lights and supposedly an alien thing happened out in the field not too far from my house. Dan Aykroyd's done a show on it. Um, In Search Of has done shows on it. Mm -hmm. And I always tease their dad because he was born a year later or a couple years later that he's a pod baby. 
because he does weird things, so I just always give him crap, you know, and he's all into the alien conspiracy theories and all that stuff. So I always tease him he's, you know, an alien thing. So now when my son turns around and goes, beam me up, Kirk, now into Star Trek. And <laughs> goes, the aliens made me do it. It's just like, oh, my God, there's something in the water. <laughs> there's something in the dirt. I just, I laugh. <laughs> Listen. And yell at him. Like, what the hell are you waking up yell at him. You gotta yell. Got to yell at him. Oh, then he's got it down too now when you start yelling at him. He sits there, he gives you, he does that little pose where he cocks his head a little bit. And he gives you that little baby smile. And you just can't help start laughing. They are. They know how to manipulate. Because Gage goes, Mommy, he is sorry for being mean. I said, well, I don't want your apology. Well, you don't want to accept my apology. I said, I don't want your apology. Gage, she wants changed behavior. Then he comes back, I don't want to change my behavior. I said, and that's why I don't want your apology. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And the worst part is they do it in such a way that it's so funny. These kids could be stand-up comedians. They could be the next Chris Rock. Man, the what next- say? What you say? Definitely need to be. They're definitely comedians. We got to work on their show. Yeah. It'll keep us entertained. It makes the bad things they do less bad. I can't think of the word. <laughs> Because they get into a lot of stuff. Yes, they, they do. a lot of chaos. We are out of time for today. I know. I was going to keep it going because I was just like, you know what? We got We going to get these kids on. How many of y'all let the way in today? If your kid has a personality like our kids, we got to put a show, put them on a show. We are working on creating one. It'll be in the afternoon. Yeah. Mary, thank you for all that you do, man. I appreciate it. I have fun. I enjoy it. Man, listen. I just love you dearly. It's a two-way street. That's, That's it for today. Join Mary at noon. If you're in Atlanta... We'll be scooting and booting around the city this weekend. Head on over to com to find out our whereabouts. And uh, we'll see you in this Atlanta street. Go be the change you want to see. Give a dollar away, baby. Watch it grow and see what it do. I love you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. Today at noon, we are talking about National Deployment Day and families. So have a good day, have a good night, and see you back here at noon. Bye for now. Peace.